Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's golo.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. Hello, welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, a podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl. This one trying to figure out her life. Yep. I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. How you doing today? I am dripping sweat because we are again <laughs> coming to you from in the closet. From, from in the closet? <laughs> we are back in the closet recording. Back in the closet again. And we're doing the, these in the closet episodes so that we can make more videos for our patrons on Patreon. Well, that and this is the best sound room. That's really That's the reason we're doing it in the closet, the hot little tight But we're closet. also making videos. We are. For our subscribers mm -hmm. on Patreon. Yeah, we are. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Patreon, we've got some supporters this week. Can Shelley. I tell them? Can I tell uh, yeah, them? Yeah, I wish All right, you would. here we go. Julie, Shondell, Liz V, Christy C., and Jamie S. And also, we need to make a correction. Last week, we incorrectly called someone by the name of Jax. She wants to be referred to as Jax with the self-strangulating boobs. So there you okay. go. Mm -hmm. All right. But Dis thank you. Thank distinction you for made. Yeah, we fixed it. <laughs> we, we fix our errors. Yes. Thank you all so much. If you would like to be a supporter of this podcast, please visit patreon.com slash latterdaylesbian and sign up. Yes, we're having some fun there. Good times. Yeah. Uh, we're getting more um, after shows up slowly but surely. Mm -hmm. And hopefully these podcast recordings will be up at some point. Yeah, so if you're listening to the podcast right now and you're like, huh, what do, do they, they look like? Do they record naked? Um, <laughs> Practically. Do they really drink alcohol while oh, they're recording? True. When we are, today— What are you drinking? I am drinking—this is honey wine. Yeah, what is it called? Viking blood? Viking blood. Yeah. Um, so if you want to actually watch us drink and you want to watch us flub <laughs> through this thing, which surely we will, that will be available to you on Patreon. Yeah, there'll be a lot less editing of the video mm -hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Why it makes me guys? a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. They're going to see us like picking our noses and like probably sweating our lights. eyes at each other mm -hmm. and yelling at the dogs. And we've got a green screen up, so we're going to change out the background every Ooh. time. It's going to be fancy. You know what? If you're a Patreon or if you're a patron on Patreon, on Patreon, I wish it was a little less confusing. But let us know what you want the background to be. Do you want oh, the yeah. temple? Oh my god! <laughs> we could totally do temple that. Square. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> Now you're excited about the video, aren't you? A little bit, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Mary was a little frustrated as we were setting up well, because all right, we're it's in this super closet. hot. It's like ten feet by four feet, maybe, maybe in here. The dogs keep coming in here and licking our legs while we sit up. <laughs> uh, Domino He's passed my gas. Foot, right? Oh yeah, not helpful. Bad. Domino. It was kind of squash like. Oh, God. No, it's pizza because, oh, okay, yeah. story time. So we get home last night from wherever we were. I don't remember. Oh, we gone out to get pizza. That makes more sense. We went out to get pizza. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and Mary only ate half of her pizza, and so she had a takeout box. We come home, and we're doing whatever random stuff. And then about three hours later, she's like, oh, I could really go for, for my leftover pizza. She checks the fridge, not there. Checks the car, not there. Now she's like, Shelly, where's my pizza? I'm like, I don't know. Did you set it on the hood of the car or something uh-huh. before we left? No, no, no. Looking around, we check everywhere, and finally Mary finds a pizza box torn to shreds mm-hmm. down by the front door, and Domino— Surely it was He's him. the culprit. He's for sure. He is a little street rat. He will eat anything. So he ate half of a pizza last yeah, night. Yeah, adult size, mm-hmm. half of a pizza portion, and he weighs about 13 pounds. Yep, and now we're suffering for it in Dog the gas. recording studio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to be here, trust no. me. Okay. Mm-mm. All right, moving on. Okay, what are oh, we moving on Oh, how was your to? week? Oh, yeah, it was, um, it was busy and not so busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting a little help on editing the podcast now. Yes. Yes. Thank you to our patrons who are contributing to the funds that help us pay for editors. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's not as bad as it would seem money-wise. So that's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, very cost-efficient, I would say. And it frees up a lot of our time to do more fun stuff like cramming ourselves in a closet and doing video. <laughs> doing video. <laughs> also, started another little podcast project because I don't have enough to do. Let's hear it. It's called Sleepy Shorts. Short stories for bedtime. Love it. That's the voice. So if you want to be lulled to sleep. So maybe you guys have heard of these. They're podcasts where someone reads a short story and it really does lull you to sleep. Oh, yeah. We We've used to them, them the before and I they work. That's was part of the inspiration for doing this ourselves is that there aren't enough. Like the, mm-hmm. the voices we like and we find soothing, there aren't enough stories right. out there. And there's plenty of them where mm, I don't like that voice, and I don't want to be. I, I don't want them talking to, to me sleep. before bed. I won't be lulled to sleep <laughs> no, by this voice. I'll be disturbed. <laughs> I'll have nightmares. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, no offense to those people, but yeah. So there just weren't enough stories out there. It's like, well, maybe we can get into this. So these are public domain stories, and there are a lot of troublesome mm-hmm. short stories for for kids and and other audiences out there that, that were that were written in the 17 and 1800s. They're like cruel. Yeah. So I'm changing some of the wording so it doesn't scare anyone because it's supposed to be a peaceful, soothing story. Mm-hmm. So, so we're working you can on that. Drift off to sleep. Yes. That's the voice. That's your voice? That's the voice. Should I try it as well? Yeah, let's okay. try it. Should we do the rest of the podcast like this? Okay, go. We might lose some listeners. <laughs> okay, don't, don't. We don't want to lose listeners. Oh my gosh, now we've lost Mary. I lulled myself to sleep. You did. Anyway, that's something that Mary's working on. And sleepy shorts. Sleepy shorts. We'll let you know when it launches. Yeah, it's going to take a few days to get up on all the uh, podcast apps, and mm-hmm. I need to get more content up mm-hmm. there. So we're not quite ready to go yet, but we will let you know. Yes. Or just look for it on your favorite podcast app, but it might take a few days. It's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Okay, where are we next? Last week, we started a new segment. It's called the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. Because there are a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them. We've actually asked for people to help send in their favorite fucked up Mormon phrase, and we have enough for like 40 years now. <laughs> I don't know if we have quite Okay, not that many. Keep sending them in. <laughs> Keep sending them. Anyway, so, And we okay. will give you credit if we read your phrase. Absolutely. So we have a phrase today, don't mm-hmm. we? Well, do, when do we get to say cue music? Oh, go ahead. Okay. Cue music. It's the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. There you go. I'm imagining it in my head. Okay. (laughs) The fucked up Mormon phrase of the day today is high to collab. Mary? High to collab. What is high to collab? Okay, so this reminds me of that wacky vegetable. You know what I'm talking about? Kohlrabi? Yeah. So Uh clearly it's instructing you to get 
kind of messed up on some. Um, wait a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. You're reaching. It's in, <laughs> you're supposed to get stoned on sanctioned Mormon prescription drugs and then eat a lot of kohlrabi. Am I right? If you don't, what? you get your temple recommend taken well, away. Guaranteed the temple recommend will be taken away no matter what. So I'm wrong. Would you like the actual definition? Okay, sure. See how close I you liked were. my definition. It was decent. All right. Kolob is a star or planet described in the sacred text of the Latter-day Saint movement. Reference to Kolob is found in the Book of Abraham, which, by the way, has been proven to be bonk. Um, <laughs> a work that is traditionally held by several Latter-day Saint denominations as having been translated from an Egyptian papyrus scroll by Joseph Smith. Mm-hmm. According to this work, Kolob is the heavenly body nearest to the throne of God. So it's a star? Well, they they argue throughout Wikipedia whether it's a star or it's a planet. Well, okay. But I was taught. Why don't we What were you a song. taught? Should we should we introduce All right, well, the let song? Me, let me tell you the difference okay. between a planet and a star, people. While you're doing you that. You can't live on a star. Well, God it's can do the what he sun. wants. <laughs> we can see find the other the It'll kill you. Go to the LDS hymn of it. I mean, most planets will kill you too. Yeah, I mean, but if assuming. you're God and if that's where God lives, Listeners, um, raise your hand if you were taught that Kolob is either where God lives or the closest planet to where God lives. Is it a planet or a star? I need to know. I don't know, but even what's freakiest is that Mormons made a hymn about it, a song. And because we love you, I will read the lyrics. You ready? (laughs) What a treat. I know. If you could hide to Kolob in the twinkling of an eye and then continue onward with that same speed to fly— do you think that you could ever, through all eternity, find out the generation where gods began to be? Wait a minute. So high is not H-I-G-H? No, it's H-I-E, I think. Yeah. Oh, so like go swiftly or something. Sure. If you could swiftly go to God's planet. <laughs> that should be the name of it. If you could go swiftly to God's planet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or see the grand beginning where space did not extend or view the last creation where gods and matter end. Methinks the spirit whispers, no man has found pure space, nor seen the outside curtains where nothing has a place. Meat curtains? <laughs> Shout out to Skylar. Mary just said meat curtain. <laughs> God. Oh, my God. <sighs> Moving I need, on. I need some more of this drink. Moving on to verse 3. <laughs> The works of God continue, and worlds and lives abound. Improvement and progression have one eternal round. Okay, this is where it gets effing ridiculous. You ready? Oh, it's just starting to get effing ridiculous? It gets worse. Now it's about to tell you all the things that there is no end of. (laughs) They just list them? Yep. Okay. There is no end to matter. There is no end to space. There is no end to spirit. There is no end to race. There is no end to virtue. There is no end to might. I'm just going to skip all the there is no ends. Okay, and the other thing is I want to interject. If there's no end to matter— I'm going to say that Col- Kolob is Kolob. It? not Kohlrabi. Not Kohlrabi. I'm going to say Kolob is a planet because stars are gaseous. Although, is gas a matter? Maybe You know this matter. is all made up anyway. <laughs> so the fact Wait. that you're scientifically trying to parse through this. You know, this, this fucked up Mormon <laughs> phrase of the day <laughs> is making me start to think that Mormonism is all fake. Huh. I know. I'm just starting to think that way. So weird. <laughs> Can I finish telling you what there is no end of? Can I go to Kolob? You may. Do you okay. want to hear what the rest of there sure. is no end of are? So I'm just going to say the word, but no, before every word, it says there is no end to. All, All right. right, fill in the blank. Virtue, might, wisdom, light, union, youth. Dog farts. Pre- I wish there were. Priesthood, truth, glory, love, being, above. Oh, no, there is no death above. There is no end to glory, no end to love, 
no end of being, no death above. One of the most boring ass last two verses to any song written by any Mormon ever. Did you really grow up thinking that there was this weird planet where God hangs out? Yes. It wasn't necessarily taught um, like from the manual, but it was like a like a Mormon secret sort of thing. There's so many things that are common Mormon knowledge that you can't really find exactly where it came from, but it is throughout Mormonism. What's the difference between this Kolob place and the celestial kingdom? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're all the same. I don't know. Listeners and viewers, really? if you have some special insight to this God, whole collab business. It doesn't make any damn sense. I wonder why. <laughs> because it's all fake. I said it again. <laughs> you did. Because you job. know, I think I missed that joke last week. Which one? The fake joke. Oh, no. I think I forgot. You know what else we forgot to do last week is what? introduce ourselves, I noticed. I think they know who we are at this point. I think so, too. Okay. Oh, and since we're asking for listener, or in the case of Patreon viewer messages... Let's list all the ways that they can get in touch with us, shall we? Oh, oh, you want me to do it? Sure. Jesus. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Latter-day <laughs> yeah. Lesbian. Um, you can private— It's actually Latter-day Lesbian Podcast. Okay. Well, Facebook. you tell them. Tell, tell the audience <laughs> what they well, are. Well, you're halfway there. Uh, okay. You could message us directly. Contact at latterdaylesbian.org. Mm-hmm. You can go to our website, which is latterdaylesbian.org. Practically the same as our true. email. You can leave a message on Patreon, patreon.com slash Latter-day Lesbian. Yes. If you leave a message on Patreon, that is what we will reply to first. Well, and that is also like a group message. Like it's a discussion yeah. kind of like Facebook. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Also, we are on Instagram. Yeah. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. Twitter. The Twitter. Twitter just, we're, we're, we're trying to get on everywhere. Yeah. I, I guess like other. I think we're probably missing like Snapchat and I don't know, probably a few dozen others. I don't know. Is what Snapchat the, a thing that you would? I don't know. I don't know. I've never done Snapchat. Audience, if there's anywhere else you know of where we need to get ourselves out to, let us know. Okay. All right. Did we cover all of our basics here? I think so. All right. What else we got? So the end of last episode, we talked about how. I am only giving like three minutes per episode about me leaving the church. Yeah, you and need people, to get out of that so damn we, church. I am jumping in. I'm going to tell you some weird stories, and I need you to just swallow with a grain of salt my weird stories. Oh, this ought to be good. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So last time we left off, it was um, the bishop treating Brent and I like shit, stake president being a douche. And so we'll go into another story about our bishopric leadership And then you mentioned your dad's reaction to Kate Kelly, but did he know you were thinking of leaving the church? Um, I think so. I don't think I'd come out and said it. I think he thought maybe we were just kind Your of shelf getting lazy and not going to church as oh, much as okay. we used to, you know, because that's why people don't go because they're lazy. They're lazy. Right. Anyway, this is a little offshoot story that I don't share with a lot of people, but a lot of people are about to hear it. So when Brent and I were leaving the church, Brent was very into learning the teachings from Denver Snuffer. If any of you have heard of Denver Snuffer, he's a guy, he's since been excommunicated from the church. But he came out against the church basically saying they were screwing up Mormonism and needs to go back to the old ways of Joseph Smith and yada, yada. Is that better, though? The old ways of Joseph Smith? Uh, here's the thing. I didn't land there. I paused there, and then I kept transforming my beliefs. So if you're feeling disturbed right now, like, oh, my gosh, she's a snuffer. Right? And by the way, I do have friends that still believe in snuffer. I don't want to call snufferism. They don't actually follow Denver snuffer. <laughs> snufferism. Um, but there's just a, a way of a, a way of thought that goes with their new belief system. And that's okay. Like, whatever. Believe what you want. I pause there for a minute and then continue on. So part of this Denver snuffer thing was 
people were getting rebaptized. And by the way, if you look scripturally or with Mormon history, people were rebaptized all the time. It was something that people did to recommit to Christ. But according to current Mormonism, if you get rebaptized, like you're out, like Mm-mm, you don't get to do that. No, 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 no. So I decided to be rebaptized, and Brent was going to baptize me. And at the time, there were some private Facebook groups. Um, who were doing this sort of thing and talking about it. And people are like, why did you do that? You know, I don't know if I could have left Mormonism and gone to nothing altogether. I needed these steps away from it. And so for that, I am super grateful for the experiences that I had reading church history that was being shown to me by people like Denver Snuffer who dug in and found all the shit. And so I could read it and be like, oh my God, this is not for me. So I needed to have that first step away because I still was a believer. I just was not a believer in the nowadays Mormonism. And so my desire to be rebaptized was like, yeah, I want to be rebaptized to follow Christ. And I was kind of caught up in this whole movement. How long were you doing this Denver Snuffer stuff? Maybe a few months. It didn't last long for okay. me. There's some great stories in there. That's That, by the way, is where I met Cody Brown, the uh, guy from Sister Wives. Is he a Denver Snuffer guy? No, but he was at one of the conferences, and I was like, shit, I've got to take a selfie with this dude. <laughs> and I do. I have one. I'll post it. Anyway, so got rebaptized by Brent in a lake, and it was freezing-ass cold. And my kids took some pictures and things, and so— after this had occurred, I posted a picture of it in one of these private groups. I didn't know, but there was someone in my current ward who was in one of these groups who was also kind of feigning to be my friend. And So she was still in the church, regular Mormon church, but also part of these— Well, yes and no. She was still in the regular church, but she was also telling me how Mormonism was all screwed up, and she's not happy, and she wants to get out, and she believes in the Denver Snuffer stuff. So we confided in each other um, some things that we were believing. Hmm. Yeah. So That was your first mistake. Yeah, first mistake. <laughs> I'm way too trusting. Yeah, you uh, are, baby. I, know. I just think that everyone has a good heart, and I'm realizing that sometimes people don't. And it's okay. I'm still going to trust people. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't want to be so scarred that I don't trust at all. I don't want to be that. Anyway, so a few days after I'd posted this picture in this group of me being baptized, we get a phone call from the bishop, Brent and I do, and he's like, can you come in for us to meet with you? And by then, Brent and I were so done meeting with them. We're like, (laughs) no, if you want to come to our house, fine, but we don't want to make this extra trip. I mean, were you still going to the church at this point? Very, very infrequently. Okay. Very infrequently. And so— They came over, and it was the bishop and one of his counselors. And there might have been another guy there, too, but I don't remember him really talking much. We all sit down, and bishop just starts out with, like, so what's going on? Then we're like, what? And he says, Brent, are you baptizing people? And Brent's like, didn't say yes, but he said, "What what are you talking about? Why would you even care? He's like, you're misusing your priesthood. And Brent's like, why would you even care? If you think I'm misusing, it doesn't matter who I'm baptizing. I'm just bathing them as far as you're concerned. If I've lost my priesthood because I'm misusing it. Anyway, became this big fight. And I'm like, how do you even have this information, Bishop? What is this? Well, I uh, came across a picture on uh, social media. I'm like, there's no way that you just stumbled across a picture of me being (laughs) baptized. That's impossible. So what's really going on? Well, someone uh, sent it to me, and I'm like, who? Who? Who so I know who is out there that I can't trust? Well, I'm not—I can't give you that information and and blah, blah, blah. And I was pissed. So did you figure it out? Well, I eventually did. But first of all, I was pissed. Second of all, I was hurt. But then these two men who were there just started really talking down to us. And one thing that really pissed me off is that Brent was trying to calmly explain to these leaders— 
why we believe this, because there is scriptural and Mormon historical background for being rebaptized. It's absolutely there. And so Brent's explaining oh, this to them. silly Brent trying to do the scripture explaining to bishops. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> they don't listen. It, they don't. They're like, no, the For the Strength of Youth manual is oh, my yeah, scripture. Yeah, yeah. Let's just bring out the For the Strength of Youth God, manual. I know, right? Also, if you had already lost your temple recommends, and you had at this point, mm-hmm. you both had lost your temple recommends. I don't know if Brent had or not. I don't know. Oh, think, I thought he oh, took no, no, them you're away right. yes, for correct. supporting you in yes. the beer drink. Yes. So to me, it's like, well, what do they care about the priesthood if they're not temple worthy anyway? Because they feel like they have to stop people from mocking Mormonism or whatever. They are so fucking high and mighty. Hi to Kolob. Hi and Hi mighty to Kolob. 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 So as we're sitting there talking and Brent's explaining, all you guys do is this whole follow the prophet, follow the prophet. I can't get behind that anymore. The prophet, to me, doesn't speak for God. And then this counselor said, oh, yeah, well, who's your prophet? Denver Snuffer. Oh, like all busted. snide and rude. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? You're being a jackass. I called out. I'm like, you're oh. being a jackass in my house. You guys can leave. Okay. And they got up to leave. And I hugged them. Here's the weird thing. They're my friends. Mm. But because they're now in this calling of needing to judge everyone in Mormonism— they turn yeah. into dicks. Well, that's not a very friendly way to act towards no, someone. It's, it's, no, it's not. But that's why I hate the freaking Mormon callings. People are put in positions over other people, and it fucks up friendships, and it fucks up relationships. Mm-hmm. And for that, that is another reason that I don't like Mormonism. Yeah, well, it's very hierarchical, as we've said before. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to hobnob with the people in the highest oh, for sure. echelons. Yep. You want to be buddies with the guy in priesthood authority above you. Yeah, well, then maybe you could get to be the prophet one day. Yeah, just climb, the, you could climb, climb that ladder, ladder, baby. If you can get into the quorum of the 70 and move your way oh up. Oh, my gosh, the quorum of the 70. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> anyway, more of this story. So they leave. And that might have been one of the last few times we ever went back to church. But I was pissed and hurt about someone who I thought was a friend. And you hadn't figured it out yet. I hadn't. I okay. hadn't at all. And then... I had some friends in this group, and one of the friends, I told her, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. The bitch just came over, and she was like, what? What a jerk. I can't believe whoever did that. Man, I, I'm going to fight for you. We'll find out who it is. Oh, yeah? Like, just totally <laughs> coming to my defense. Uh-huh. And for days, she would message me and be like, did you figure out who it was yet? If I hear anything, I'll let you know. I'll drive out there, and wow. I will blah, blah, blah. Like, she was more upset about it than I was, I think. And then a few <laughs> months later, I was having um, lunch with a friend who's still Mormon. And she said, listen, I need to tell you something. I actually know who it was who threw you under the bus. threw you under the bus. Because I had told this Mormon friend about everything because she's cool. And she told me who it was. And it was this lady in the group who was coming to my defense huh. so, like, so strongly. It was Acting her. like she was going to beat the crap out of whoever it was. Yeah. And it was herself. It was her. And I'm like, what the living... So I confronted her kindly about it. I said, hey, is there anything you want to tell me? Mm-hmm. Uh, she eventually came clean and apologized. And I just asked, like, why? Why did Why did you do that? And she said, I was just confused. And so I needed to— Tell on you to make to, myself feel yeah, better. Yeah, she said, I, I, it scared me that you were leaving the church. So I needed to go to the proper authorities and tell them what was going on. Oh, my gosh. And then lie about <sighs> it and act like I was going to beat the crap out of yeah. whoever it was. What was that part about? Trying to cover her ass. Huh, okay. Anyway, she ended up leaving the church anyway, so it's like— what the hell? But this is the kind of the crazy shit you do when you're stuck in the morgue. Mormons be cray. Mormons be cray. Can I tell one more story before yeah, I turn it over to you? For sure. I've been talking a lot lately about my dad, and I'm going to tell another story about my dad and his inability to have anything on his mind except for are his kids being good Mormons. So Brent and I had gone to one of these Denver Snuffer conferences 
And I had made a friend there by the name of Candace. Super awesome girl, right? After the conference, we kept in touch. Brent and I went to another conference quite a few months later. She wasn't able to go, but I was texting her and telling her how it was going and everything. All of a sudden, I get word from a friend who was also a friend of Candace's saying, Candace just had a heart attack. What? They've got her stabilized. She's been rushed to the hospital. She's stable now, but, you know, prayers, prayers, prayers. And I was floored. I was like, oh my God. Like, I was just talking to her. And this was when I had a lot of belief in prayer that if you plead enough to God, he will listen and do something. And so we told all the women in this group that we were in at this conference, there was quite a few, maybe a hundred at least of just women. And we kind of stopped the meeting that was going on and we said, hey, we have a friend named Candace who this has just happened. Can you help us all help us pray? And so we did this prayer circle. We did like a laying on of hands thing. Like we did everything And in my heart, I was like, this will work. Like, I'm finally on the path to a true relationship with God. Like, Candace is going to be fine. And I felt it in my heart. Hmm. Like, I knew she was going to be fine. Tender mercy. Tender mercy. She was going to be fine because of our efforts of pleading with God. And actually, the next message I got was that, yeah, things are looking better. Things look, And then I knew, I'm like, oh my God, this is, yes, this God's listening. I'm having this relationship with God and he's listening and he cares and he's going to save Candace. This is going to be great. And as we're driving back to the hotel, I get a text from Candace's good friend who was in her ward and says, Candace died. Mm. And I lost it. Wow. I lost it. I felt so sad. So sad for Candace, so sad for her husband and her two little kids. But I think more than anything, and this surely will come across as being selfish, but I felt so betrayed by God. Hmm. And I remember driving in the car and Brent's just kind of sitting there quietly and I'm just crying. And then I'm crying and I'm yelling and I'm screaming and I'm saying, fuck you, God, I'm done. Hmm. That's it. I am done. This was your last chance. I'm done trying to believe. I'm done trying to do everything I possibly can. I'm done. I'm done. And I meant it. And we got back to the hotel, stopped and grabbed some beers, and I just drank. I drank and cried, like like the horrible cry. And I was just so sad. I was so sad and so betrayed. And I mean, I can't, I can, I'm actually picturing Candace's face in my mind right now. The next morning, got up, and Brent and I were headed to the airport, I think, or maybe to another conference session. I don't remember. But I was just a mess. My eyes were swollen shut practically. Um, I had just been crying. I just felt so lost and done and hopeless. And my dad called. (laughs) And I answered the phone. And he had gotten wind somehow that Brett and I had gone to one of these Denver snuffer conferences. And that's where we were. And he didn't like that. And he said, oh, well, where are you? I said, oh, yeah, um, Brett and I are here in in Colorado, a little vacation. Huh? And this was, it was Sunday, by the way. He goes, oh, what you doing there? I got, you know, just, just a conference, just a religious conference we're checking out. And I said, Dad, I'm just, I'm not doing well. And my mom was on the phone too. I said, I'm not doing well. And I told him what had happened about Candace, that, mm-hmm. my, that my friend had just died, was dead, died, mm-hmm. done. And I was so crushed. And the next thing out of his mouth was, well, where do you know her from? And I said, well, it was, you know, she, I met her at one of these conferences. And I kept telling him how sad I was. And then he said, well, do your kids have a ride to church today? Who's taking them to church? Oh my gosh. He didn't want to say he was sorry. He didn't want to say, Oh, wow. I know what it feels like to lose a friend. I'm so sorry. Mm -mm. He said, how are your kids getting to church today? And I said, dad, they're not going to church today. And I said, and they're fine. They can miss a Sunday. And he said, well, I'm sure your home teachers or someone could go by and pick them up. 
I was pissed. I didn't even reply. I'm like, look, dad, I got to go. Bye. Got off the phone and I just cried again. I'm like, my dad, I just got done crying to my dad because my friend died and he is so hell bent on my kids going to church that he can't even tell me he's sorry. Well, he is not a compassionate person, Shelly. He's proven it time and time and time again. But can't you... He's not a compassionate person. Can he logically see someone is crying, their friend died. I should probably say, I'm sorry. Tell me about your friend. What what, what did you love about her? What are you going to miss about her? Like, those are the things that any, like, thinking human being would say. Not, how are your kids getting to church? Yeah. Because we left the kids home. I just don't think he's capable of it. I really don't. I don't think he's got a compassionate bone in his body. I think he's a narcissist. I agree. And... You know, I've been struggling lately, talking so much trash about my dad. Not that he'll ever hear it, but he has been recently trying to be less dickish, which I appreciate. And then sometimes I regret telling the stories that I have. But then I remember, you know what? No, no, no. This happened. Yeah. This happened and this has affected who I am. And so I'm not, I'm not going to hide it. Right. And maybe if he does listen, he'll be like, oh, shit, I'm a douche. I should probably <laughs> straighten up. Oh. Yes, dad. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. So anyway, that experience with what felt to me like God kind of flipping me the bird in the moment that I was, I believed more than anything that he was listening to our prayers and that he would save this girl. I think that's the last time I prayed. Yeah. Last time I ever prayed. I just think that Christians in general are taught that God is this like wise old man with a bunch of chess pieces and he's moving them around a board and we're puppets, you know, and death is part of life, right? But we can't think that God would bring hurt to his people if he's a caring God. And in my mind, I was finally on the right uh, religious path, the right spiritual believing path. And so I was good. Like me and God were tight. Like this, this, this is it. I can perform miracles. I can beg God to perform miracles and he will. Um, and after this all went down, I was yelling and screaming at God or at the sky, whoever's up there in Kolob, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I remember then pleading for him to at least make me feel comforted, make me feel like he listened, and I got nothing. Hmm. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So that was it for me. I guess some Christians would argue, well, you know, there's that Bible verse, do not put your Lord God to the test or whatever. I may be paraphrasing. The idea being it's not up to us as mere humans, <laughs> to demand certain things of God. I was ready to demand because I was like, uh, this is it, I'm done. If you can't, I remember just yelling in the car. I'll have to talk to Brent about this and ask what he remembers. He was yelling probably in the just car. like, don't say anything. I don't want to be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah he's, he was quiet. <laughs> yeah, don't cross you that day. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I remember yelling, if you're even there, give me something, anything at all. Like I was so exhausted and done and there was just nothing. Well, if you thought of God in a different way, How would you picture God? My view of God, if there is a God, some kind of creator, something bigger than us, this being, he, she, they, whatever, does nothing. Maybe created this, created us in some way, and we are here to improve on ourselves. But this person, this God, whatever, doesn't have the power to help someone find their car keys and cure cancer. Because for me... If this God is helping people find their car keys, but not bothering to save a child from a from like a child abducting pedophiliac, is that a word? 
Pedophile. Pedophile. I think I was almost <laughs> saying Pedialyte. It's not the same. Anyway, if God's choosing to find car keys and not choosing to stop children from being like horribly raped and murdered, mm-hmm. I can't get behind that. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I don't care what the lesson is that needed to be learned. If that's what you are thinking, God needs you to learn a lesson. There's no lesson I need to learn about a child being treated in such a horrifying manner. Mm. So if there is a spiritual being up there, then he, she, they is just watching us and hoping that we improve on ourselves. Maybe. That's all I got. Yeah, I guess I don't think of God in like a humanistic type form. Mm -hmm. I look at it more as like Star Wars, like the Force. I look yeah. at it more as an energy. I kind of look at it as like an electrical current. Maybe it's running above our heads at all times, and we just mm-hmm. have to remember to plug into it. Some days we do a better job of that than other days. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like the manifestation of our spirituality is connection through other people and our ability to help each other out, yeah. to lift each other up, to provide comfort to one another and connect to one another. And just to get through life as easily and happily as possible. Yeah. That's why I told that connection story mm-hmm, last it. week about mm-hmm. the oh, the coincidence story. And I still want to hear people's coincidence stories. I, yes. I don't know. I get a tingly feeling every time I hear co- coincidence stories like that. NPR, I can't remember which show it was, had um, a really neat program on coincidence stories one oh, yeah? time. Yeah, there were some really crazy ones. Mm. Really crazy ones. Like this couple that met and— before they got married, I think they hadn't, maybe they were just engaged and they were looking at old family photos. Mm-hmm. And he had this photo of his family. He and his family were on vacation when he was like 10 years old. She looked in the background. I think they were in Vancouver. She looked in the background and said, oh my God, that's my, that's, those are my grandparents. What? That They weren't posing. They were just in, in the it, background. Right. Nuts. And turned out, yeah, they were on vacation in Vancouver the same time he and his family were on vacation Mm -hmm. when he was like 10 years old. That's nutty. I know. That's nutty. I love shit like that. Speaking of shit like that, did we neglect to read a listener email? Yeah, we haven't done that yet because we we wanted to get into your church leaving story. Have you you left the church yet? um, That was a big one. Okay. There's more I can tell for sure, but that was well, one of the big— Well, it seems big... like you had gotten into this Denver snuffer stuff, yeah, yeah. and maybe you'd stopped going to the traditional Mormon church at I that had. Point. I had. I was doing more—we were doing um, the sacrament at home. It was kind of going back to, like, old, old Mormon stuff, and that was a good place for me to sit for a little bit just because it was a relief from the current Mormon stuff. But I couldn't stay there long because it was still patriarchal. It was still— very stuck on traditions and rituals. And I don't get into that shit. It Mm -hmm. doesn't fit with me. Yeah. And so once I kind of stepped more away from that, then there was my sexuality that was coming out. And it was very easy at that point just to be like, done. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more run-ins with my dad and and Brent's parents about it as well. But I'll save that for the next episode because I want you to tell a little bit about... Well, do you want to do the fan mail? Yeah, let's do our uh, listener mail. Listener email. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sending those in, by the way. We love them. Keep them coming. Yep. So this letter is from April. April writes, I'm not Mormon. I grew up in a conservative Baptist military family. However, I can deeply relate to the pain of knowing your parents truly believe their lesbian will go to hell and that my decision to live my life honestly is a failure on their part. That's rough. That's rough that parents, because of their religion, have to feel like they have failed God if their kids don't behave perfectly. Yeah, I know. I left the church at 18 and had a huge falling out with my parents. 
My mother wrote me a letter at that time saying that she tried hard to keep me away from the world's corrupting influences, but she blamed herself for letting down her guard and not monitoring me more closely or monitoring me closely enough in my senior year of high school when I began to question the faith. And I was thinking that my mother kind of went through this same thing. So I had Mm -hmm. this like stupid little quote party at my house of there were three of us there. And Mm -hmm. I think we split like one beer between us Mm -hmm. before a football game. Somehow my mother found out about it. And um, we said, when, you know, when we moved to Virginia, I'm going to keep a close watch on your friends and who your friends are. Mm. I know, right? Go ahead, Catherine. Yeah, same idea. She went on to say she wished I had never been born. Jesus. Wow. April, I'm sorry. Your parents suck ass. Yeah. You think your parents suck ass, Shelly? Mm-hmm. There are worse parents, for sure. Yeah. And here's one. I did not speak to my family for almost a year after getting that letter. Yeah, you could see why. No, yeah, I wouldn't either. My mom has never apologized for sending it, but we eventually started talking again and just avoided the topic of religion. Mm, It's rough. How do you forget that your mom said— Yeah, that I wish you'd never been born. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, it is. I'm 38 now. Last year, I separated from my husband of 13 years. In high school, I didn't date and wasn't attracted to boys. I was in love with my best friend, but didn't have any context for understanding it. She moved away at 18, and I was devastated. In college, I began to understand that relationship and started privately believing I was bisexual. I only dated men, though, because I believed I had a choice and that being straight would be easier. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure that in some regard, being straight is easier. If you could choose, you would probably choose straight. Yeah, I never, I never felt like I had much of a choice. Like, I would be miserable. Well, I cho- chose straight, and look what that did. Yeah, it didn't last, ultimately. <laughs> After two years of being married, I had an affair with a woman in my grad school program. It made me realize I was a lesbian, or at the very least, bisexual. However, she didn't want to be with me, and my heart was broken. I told my husband everything and thought our marriage was over. Instead, we decided to move to the opposite coast and start over. I felt like I should be grateful for his generous forgiveness, so I doubled down on trying to be straight and heavily self-monitored my female friendships. I was miserable and eventually had a mental breakdown and was hospitalized. This is rough. We moved back to the West Coast. I asked for a divorce, and I came out on coming out day last year. Congratulations. My family promptly cut off all contact with me and began leaving supportive messages on my husband's Facebook page. Ooh, they're taking sides. Ouch. I feel like I'm an adult and that my parents' approval or even their willingness to accept me as a person shouldn't be that important to me, but it really does hurt. Of course it does. I'm dating women, and I'm so happy. I wish I could share that happiness with them, but I don't think it will ever happen. Thank you for telling your stories. It makes me feel less alone. April. Thank you, April. Thank you, April. And we are so sorry. Yeah. But good for you. Good for you, April, for being strong. Yeah. For standing up for your truth in spite of, you know, the fear of being cut off from your family. And then your family taking your husband's side. Oof, that is rough. Sometimes family just doesn't behave the way family should. A lot of times they don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's all about creating families with people who are loving and supportive. It's true. That's what I do. You do a good job. Yeah. And you do that too. Mm -hmm. 
Because our families of origin have often disappointed us. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it goes both ways. I guess we disappoint them. <sighs> yeah, that's true. You know, I was thinking about that, like, who's more at fault? Am I more at fault for not approving of them being Mormons? Or are they more at fault for not approving of me leaving Mormonism? I don't know. You but- know, my mother is—I'm sorry to cut you off. It's just a similar thing. My mother likes to think that I'm just as judgmental and critical as she is because I criticize her for criticizing me. <laughs> and so she's like, well, we're exactly the same. You're criticizing me. And it's like, I'm only asking you to not be judgmental of me and be yeah. and say critical things. That's all yeah. I'm asking for you to do. And she thinks because it's a critical thing coming out of my mouth, we're exactly the same. Hmm. I don't view it that way. No, I, I, I get it. I agree yeah. with you, not with your mom. Well, that's good. You want to get on our Facebook page and yeah. start saying yeah. things against no, me? Because I do, I, th- I feel like, does my family feel like I am attacking them because I've done the podcast and I make these comments on Facebook? Yeah, maybe. But I'm not attacking them. I'm attacking this bullshit religion that hurt me. Mm-hmm. It hurt me badly. Um, and it's hurtful to me that they are still in it. it. Yes, it hurts me. But they love it dearly. Because they're brainwashed. Of course, they would never see it that way. No. It's a tough situation. It, you know what I can You know what I can blame? Hmm. Fucking Mormonism. Yeah. Mormonism is what has done this. Religion is what does this to people. Religion does. And in April's case, it's not Mormonism, but it's still really strict, harsh religion Mm -hmm. that has divided her from her mother and from her family. Yep. Thanks, religion. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Good job. (laughs) Good job, misogynistic asshole God. (laughs) Way to go. All right. Where do we go from here? I think we're good. I think we covered it. Did we cover it all? Yeah. What do we have coming up next week? What do we have? So we're not talking about you leaving the church anymore. I do have the experiences of my dad trying to get me back in the church. There's the letter that I had to write to him. Oh, yeah, we do um, need to talk about that. There's still a lot. And you have a lot, too, Mary. By the way, I'm starting to feel like chopped liver because people keep writing in and they're like, we want to hear about Mary. <laughs> well, I'm telling stories here and there. I know. I want to hear about Mary, too. What do you want to know? Open book. Open book? Sure. Okay, when was... The first time that you decided there just isn't a God, like this religion that my mom has brought me up in just is not it. Um, Well, when I was a little kid, probably, let's say, nine or ten, I was going to some Bible study because, you know, that's what I did. That's what you do. Good Christian daughter. Mm -hmm. And heard some miracle story. I came home, and that night my father was tucking me in, and Mm -hmm. my father was an atheist. (laughs) And so I was telling him this story. It happened to be about— some poor Italian woman who could barely feed her family, but miraculously the pasta expanded in the pot. And it's like, oh, huh, God. well, guess what? Pasta does that. <laughs> <laughs> it does expand in the pot. It sure does. It. <laughs> <laughs> but when, you know, you're nine or ten, all you're just thinking of, oh, it's a miracle. She was able to serve her family that yeah. night a substantial dinner because mm-hmm. the pasta expanded oh, in hot water. It. Mm-hmm. <laughs> huh. Huh. Science. And my father said, How can you believe all that stuff? Wow. And it planted a seed. Good for dad. Yeah. But that was a crushing blow to me as a 9 or 10-year-old. Sure, because you were being brainwashed with it all, and you were all excited about it. And then you're trying to share this with your dad, and your dad's like, uh, you're being foolish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and— you know, my my mother really divided our family because, you know, she found Jesus in that really powerful way or whatever mm-hmm. and started taking us to church. And my father really didn't have a say in it. Yeah. He didn't go to church. Right. But, yeah, she dragged us to church and we were all in. And then, then my father had doubts. 
Mm-hmm. And he uh, he expressed them to me. So I had that in the back of my head. Do you think he expressed them to your sisters too? Did he? I don't think he had the same relationship with them. Hmm. So I don't think so. And maybe he thought, wow, I've lost them. It's too late. Yeah, they were older than you. Yeah, they were older than me. And they kind of were more into it, I guess. Yeah. And I was younger and easier to influence, maybe. Yeah. He was going to save you. And he did. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, he did. Good it for, took some dad. years. Yeah. And then, you know, we lost him when I was a couple years after that. He mm-hmm. died. How old were you? 12. Yeah. But in the long run, I sided with my father. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. But I think if he had been as brainwashed as my mother, it would be a different story. Sure. Yeah. A different story. You, you, you had— one person of your two parents who was not pressuring you to be a, a certain way. So it's kind of like you had choices. There was your mom's way and your dad's way. Mm-hmm. All I had was my dad's way because my dad's way was my mom's way because she didn't have her own opinions. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you were offered I different guess, views. Yeah. That's fantastic. I was offered a different viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By someone that you loved and looked up to. You For know? sure. Because the person that I loved and looked up to was my dad. So whatever he said, that was gospel truth to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have another parent or sibling that I looked up to and respected telling me, hey, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it just started me questioning the whole thing from a young age. Started you thinking. Started me thinking. I did not learn to think until I was much older. That's true. Mm -hmm. So thanks, Dad. Way to go. Dad, if you're on Kolob. (laughs) (laughs) Eat some kohlrabi. Smoke a bowl. Oh, God. For sure that's what goes on on Kolob. (laughs) Oh, but I get high to Kolob. I wish we knew that tune. We could play it. I'll look it up. Oh, I know it. Do you? Yes. I'm not singing it? it. No. It's horrible. Is it? Yep. Okay. Well, maybe we'll find it and go out on high to Kolob. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. I'll look for that tune. All right. Well, until next time, steer clear of cults. Because cults are no joke. Not at all. Mm -hmm. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.